Innovation Groove, dropping the needle into the innovation store. That's Melissa by the Allman Brothers Band from the record uh, Eat a Peach, pretty famous double record that was put out in 1972. Uh, actually, I, the, the Allman Brothers have a special place for me. My, uh, my dissertation advisor is really he's a musician, uh, among other things. Very, he was just an interesting guy all the way around. And uh, the Allman Brothers Band happened to be a, uh, something that we connected on. And from that point on, as much as we would talk about philosophy and literature and sociology, we would always talk about music. So, uh, and, and this, this song was kind of a key song that, that, uh, that would come up over and over for us. So, so in some ways, I have him in mind as I give this lecture for today. Uh, today, I'm, I'm talking about um, this notion of resources um, and the, what it means for a resource for a company to be valuable for strategic reasons, right? Strategic resources, and uh, all resources, and so implied in that, of course, is all resources aren't value, aren't valuable from a strategic perspective. And of course, we care about the strategic uh, perspective. So, so we think about that. The, um, the 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 reading that I think one could one could uh, go to that would that have a lot of this information is very nice. It's competing on resources by Collis and Montgomery. It's a, it's available on Harvard Business School Press. Uh, so the talking points that I would have uh, for this for this particular episode are, are really four. Uh, one of the things that we really want to highlight and may have already come through a little bit in the conversation about the value chain is that no two firms are the same, right? No matter, they could have the same customers, they could have roughly the same uh, product, but when you flip the lid on two different companies, the way that they've organized themselves and the structure of the firms, right, how they deliver value to the customers and to other sta uh, sh uh, stakeholders, excuse me, uh, inevitably you're going to find out there's some, there's some critical and key differences. Competition in lots of ways, we're trying to find out what those differences are and do those differences matter. If they do, they're differentiation. Right? Differences that matter means that you're differentiated. Differences that don't matter might just be strange. Okay, so uh, so one no, so one just basic idea that's flowing uh, in the background for the talk today on resources is that two no two firms are the same. Which for our conversation is no two firms are going to have the same resource base. Um, the second, the second, and I think a very important, and this is a mistake I hear a lot, which is uh, people tend to be aware and use the term core competencies. Right, core competencies that a company would have some core competencies, uh, but core competencies or the fact that you have them might not be all that important strategically. And I know that might sound crazy, right? So today we really want to advance uh, a, a more common sense conception of core competencies and package it within strategy, where we're really looking for probably the subset of core competencies that one could identify as a firm's distinct competencies, right? The, 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 they, ha they have to be competent at something, right? But some of the things that you're competent in, your competitors are also competent in the same thing. So they might be core for both of the firms, right? 
Um, so the distinct competencies will be those competencies that you're able to leverage at the firm level to deliver value in a unique way. Okay. Uh, and that's and that that's actually going to be probably a subset of your core competencies. So not all your core competencies. It's important that you have core competencies, but not all of them will be distinct competencies, meaning valuable to your strategy, right? The kinds of competencies you're going to rely on as you do your as you engage within your markets on a strategic level. Okay, so no two firms are the same. You know, they're going to have a different resource base and core competencies which you're probably already aware of, are not the same as distinct competencies. We're going to spend time at the end talking about how to identify those distinct competencies because it is distinct competencies that are valuable for a from a strategic perspective. Okay? And then just to broaden this, this sense, so resources would be another term. If I tell you that uh, you know, there's an there's a important economic theory from the last 30 years called the resource-based view of the firm, right? That's really in trying to understand how a firm works and then make recommendations about how that same firm should work moving forward, right, to do something like that. Uh, there's a focus now on what the underlying resources are that the firm uh, relies upon. And I just want to expand what one thinks about resources, because clearly you might be thinking about physical or tangible assets and even some intangible assets. An intangible asset would be like intellectual property from an invention that the firm owns. Okay, uh, But also things like obviously your, uh, your manufacturing process, your plant, your, you know, uh, um, your equipment, these sorts of things. Right? These are clearly resources too. And of course, there are human resources. Uh, and so, but to get beyond just that conception of it, um, and think about capabilities that the firm has, certain processes and procedures that a firm has that they do really well. Like, sure, you have human resources. There might just, you know, you might have a bunch of PhD scientists in a fairly specialized field, right? So you have some very strong human resources. But the process through which you acquire those resources, right, whatever the recruiting process was on identifying the scientists that you need and getting them to commit to coming into your firm, that's a capability. And that's separate from the human resource itself, right? So a firm could, and, and, and firms may have, should have a variety of both of these, right? Kind of your physical and intangible resources, but also capabilities and to even go further, culture. Now, I, I do most of my work broadly within innovation, within the field of innovation, which helps, once again, to reinforce how, why I chose that uh, as the name, as the overall name for my podcast. And in innovation, one of the things that, that we talk about with firms who we would mark as being innovative is that they have a culture of innovation, that on every level of the firm, the individual level, the group or the team level, and even organization-wide, uh, that, that there's an attitude and that there's the value for innovation and the, for, and the reinforcement of that. So there could be a culture that's not so hierarchical, right, that's uh, fairly flexible in the way that people do their work, that there's things at the firm structure and culture level, right, that re reinforce innovation, reinforce uh, adaptation, right? Strategy is about dealing with structure and change, right? That make it easier for a company, no matter what its size is, to uh, to, to adapt to changes in, in its environment. So a culture can be the kind of resource that is leverageable 
right for strategic reasons right so so that so that i'd say that'd be the third talking point right no two firms are the same core competencies aren't the same as distinct competencies and things like capabilities and and culture are also resources uh, are also resources just that that's a fact and certainly can be very interesting from a strategic management perspective from a strategy perspective uh, and the and the last talking point i'd say is uh is that, that this is, as, as with a lot of strategic management, it's an iterative process. So firms are constantly assessing whether their resources are strategically valuable. Right? One of the things we're going to talk about is durability. Um, if you listen to the, uh, the episode on competitive dynamics, kind of the key concept was exploitation period. Well, that kind of comes back in this one, too, as durability. So given that you have... Um, so that, that we've identified distinct competencies, right? That we do have resources that we can leverage to uniquely add value to the market, okay? Given that we identify those, we still have to ask the further question, then how long will that last? How long will we have a will be able to develop a competitive advantage, right? To leverage that resource for our comp as the basis for our competitive advantage. How long will that last? So we got to think about how even after we've after we've identified that competency, right? And there's a you know there's some tests that we're going to talk about for identifying it, but but ultimately we also have to think about the temporality of it, right? Given that change is about time, something's different at time B than it was at time A. Change is a the theme, right? We're always concerned about the length of time that we'll be able to exploit or how durable a particular uh, competitive advantage will be, okay, based on a given resource. So that, reaffirm, that reaffirms the fact that co companies are constantly having to assess and reassess and reassess again what their actual resource base is, right, and how, uh, and make strong judgments, choices, and action around how they augment that resource base, okay? Um, so, so those, so those are, those are four, four talking points. Let me talk about this test. These, there, there's, there's a range of tests that, uh, that one can, that one can use when they're trying to identify whether you're talking about just a core competency or specifically a distinct competency, competency, the kind that are valuable from a strategic perspective. And fairly obviously, the first question you want to ask is about imitation, if you have, if you're relying on a competency, a resource that's really easy for your rivals to obtain or develop, right? Um, to imitate what you're doing, if it's really easy for them to do that, right? Then it's probably not going to be a distinct competency, okay? And that also leads to things like uh, durability, which is also one of the tests. But I would say durability is the overriding concern of all of these tests. Right? Because if it's easy to imitate your, um, your, re your resource, right? your distinct competency, if it's easy to imitate that, okay, then it's not durable. That's exactly what it affects. Okay? This question of durability in general, right? uh, to what extent you're going to be able to leverage that, uh, that resource, or that is the kind of resource that can be leveraged over a long period of time, uh, knowledge. You know, like know-how is something you can probably uh, leverage over a long period of time, 
right? But there might be uh, other kinds of resources that you're relying upon. You know, once again, intellectual property might be the kinds of thing. It's definitely the kind of thing that's durable, right? Uh, it's going to last 15, 17 years, something like that, right? But there's other resources that you could get that aren't that durable, right? And that you're not going to really be able to rely on for more than a few months or a couple of years, right? So one has to think about this durability as it relates specifically to the kind of uh, resource you're talking about. I would say in the, the, you know, kind of part of the fear is, say, technological uh, disruption, right? That you may be spending money uh, or spend, spend, spend a lot of your money to obtain um, a technological platform that will be the basis for your manufacturing or your marketing and sales, that sort of thing. Um, and that technology could be rendered obsolete in no time. Right. So this this question of durability really, you know, it's something that you got to think about as it attaches to the the risk attached to any specific resource. OK, um, we will talk about appropriability. So imitation, durability, appropriability. Uh, some of it, this is just a, a you know, it's, it's not a, a core question, I would say here, but just the idea for whatever you, a distinct competency that you that you've developed, uh, who, who gets the value? Right, because there's certain things that you might have that could be being appropriated in lots of different ways, uh, and so you want to be. You want it's almost thinking about the ownership. Like, great, you've invested in a new uh, a technological infrastructure or enterprise, or even uh, in, uh, uh, um, uh, ICTs, right? Communication technologies that help your, you know, that help your employees do their work, right? But they might also be using that to build their own firms and communicate with all sorts of other people. So there's, you're so in certain sense, you're sharing the value of that because employees are using it for the work that they do for the firm. But they're also using it to, you know, cruise Facebook or, you know, once again, do deals uh, that are related to their own personal business and not really yours. So there's always this question about, about the appropriability. Once again, I would say that's not, that's not really the core question here. Uh, as far as these tests concern, are concerned, it's not as important as thinking about imitation and durability, but it's just something that's out there. Clearly, substitutability, right? If, if whatever it is, it's kind of like imitation, right? That if whatever it is you have uh, that you're using as the basis uh, of your, uh, to leverage for your strategy, if another substitute can come and satisfy that. So it's not even a matter of imitation, roughly getting roughly the same, one of your rivals getting roughly the same thing. Right. But they can go and get something else that'll play basically the same role. Right. The substitutability issue clearly is a threat because once again, that will affect the overall durability of any advantage that you're going to have. Um, a lot of this is uh, like with competitive dynamics. If you, you know, you acquire a new resource that you're going to use, that's going to Get that that in the then in the short run is going to give you a competitive advantage in the way your value chain works in the way say one of your value chain uh, activities operates now and now it makes it cheaper or faster or something to that effect right when, once you do that there's always this thought of how long it's going to take your competitors to do that too right and maybe they can just <laughs> maybe maybe they can just go to the same uh, company that provided you that platform capability and get it for themselves, right? That wouldn't be particularly durable, right? Or once again, maybe there's other 
uh, uh, systems that have been created that can do roughly the same thing as yours. And so even if they don't go to the same vendor or if they're not using the same technology, they're still able to uh, lower the cost for their activity or increase the performance of that activity, depending on you know whether their cost leadership or their uh, or their generic strategy would be uh, um, uh, product differentiation. Okay, so substitutability, and then of course there's just superiority, like competitive superiority, like do, like for your distinct competition, does it just work better than the the rivals? Right, it's more efficient. It's faster. It's uh, uh, there's less waste. Like whatever the performance metric there is, uh, it lasts longer. It uses less power and energy. Whatever performance metric that you're using, right? One way or another, is your uh, competency, your capability, your resource, your culture superior? Okay, so that's you know, and that and once again, I think that would be a. Uh, 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 something that leads to durability and when we think about it. and if it's superior how superior is it is it something where everybody else is going to be able to catch up to you fairly quickly or is it really superior and that it might be qualitatively different uh, and so it's going to be really tough for folks to, uh, to 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 increase their performance to the level where yours are now you know this could speak to things like culture organizational culture right that some cultures uh, some organizational cultures are better uh, for innovation and for that reason, uh, they're going to be more swift and more responsive to the market. And that might be a fairly durable advantage, right, over time. Um, so culture is something that can come into this. Clearly capabilities, processes, uh, like like hiring process or manufacturing process, clearly that can do, be like that. And once again, there might be superiority in that you're using platinum and somebody else is using uh, copper, right? And that's just the the, uh, the, the performance you're able to get, the transmission you're able to get over a platinum uh, um, a connection is just going to be better. So maybe it's something like that, right? Uh, but one way or another, the competitive superiority piece comes in, okay? Um, as, you know, as I said before, or, or about substitutability, one would think about how important that is given whether you're running a generic strategy that's about being a cost leader or a product differentiator, because what constitutes superiority in both of those could be different. But at the end of the day, in both cases, it's about the contribution to the margin, right? Uh, something that I talked about in the value chain uh, episode, right? It's still about the contribution to the margin. So whatever the performance metric is, if it goes faster, but it doesn't contribute to your margin, meaning it's, it's not allowing that activity that uses whatever that resource is, uh, like say manufacturing, but it's not translating itself into lower costs or a, or higher productivity, which is kind of about the same thing, right? Uh, benefiting from scale a little bit. If it's not translating in that way, then the fact that it's superior doesn't mean anything. You know, maybe my example of copper and platinum in some cases doesn't really make a difference, even if platinum is the is the better conductor, right? That, but in some cases or in some sort of processes, maybe the difference doesn't mean a whole lot, right? Probably a lot of consumer electronics, it probably doesn't mean a whole lot, okay? So there's, these are the, the, the variety of tests, imitation, durability, appropriability, substitutability, um, and of course, uh, competitive superiority. And I say all of those one way or another relate to durability overall, right? Because that's 
what we care about, right? That to go back to our, to our talking points, right? No two firms are the same. Core competencies are not distinct competencies. So we're trying to identify what those distinct competencies are. Um, those competencies can include things like capabilities and culture. Uh, and firms must constantly assess, right, whether their resources are strategically valuable, right? As the environment changes, what, what constitutes strategically valuable, right, changes too. <laughs> like what one need, and we can make uh, resources that were very valuable in, you know, two, in 2010, not so valuable in, in 2015, Okay, uh, and so those those four things. So uh, so I'll leave you with a challenge. I'll leave you with a challenge, uh, and that is really to identify within your own organization or network of organizations a strategically valuable resource, right? To, to, you know, and so you've got these tests of imitation, durability, appropriability, substitutability, superiority, and you might think that you know right off the top of your head, oh, our company's really good at this. But then you do a little research and you find out, well, all of its competitors are real good at that, too. That's probably yours, probably just hanging out at the core competency level, right? What distinctive company, what distinctive competency, what strategically valuable resources does your organization have? What does it really rely on? What does it really rely on as a, as a basis for its competitive advantage, Right. That's that's not so obvious, uh, and be and 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 feel free to use these tests as ways to isolate what that actually might be, right? But it also, as I as I talk about competitive dynamics, it also means you have to know a little bit, and maybe even a lot about your rivals, okay, and what they do, and what the basis of their competitive advantages are too, okay. Okay, well, with that, um, that ends uh, the episode talking about strategic resources and distinct competencies. Uh, I'll send you back to the, uh, I'll happily send you back to the Allman Brothers, Melissa, uh, and wish you a good, a, a good evening.
Innovation Groove, dropping the needle into the innovation story. <laughs> 